Uh, I want to ask you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 9, and I want to get into the Word today. I hope you have your Bibles ready. I hope you have, if you're using an app, make sure you don't have distractions that are popping up to take your attention away. That is a huge problem in the world in which we live. The enemy may not get you to do a lot of things, but if he can just keep you from paying attention to what God's trying to do and say around you, he's already won a big victory. So we have to focus. We have to concentrate. we got to put some barriers up. Instead of managing some things, we need to eliminate some things. Uh, so God help us to do that. And I want to focus on who God is. And Lord willing, for a few weeks, we're going to start out talking about knowing God. Uh, and we're going, to, we're going to start with this verse. I have several verses that we're going to put up there. Now, if, you're, if you have the YouVersion app, uh, if you have your smartphone and you want to follow along, we have notes that are online. If you're using your version app, there's a link on our church Facebook page. And if you haven't liked our Facebook page, you need to do that. It's Hartville FWB Church. You can search for us and find us and like that. There's a link there to the study notes. The neat thing about these are it links to your version app if you want to use that. Or you can go to events uh, on your menu, find Hartville, Missouri, and uh, you'll find us there. And notes are there. And um, there's not a lot of notes, but a lot of the verses, not all of them, you got to pay attention, but you can add your own thoughts. And here's what I found. We had a great marriage conference this past weekend, and quite a few from our church were there. It was a lot of information to process. We had little, little, uh, uh, little books, you know, we could fill in blanks and have all that. Uh, what is good is, is afterwards, and, and, I, and I know Clarissa's going to do this this week when she's away at work and stuff, you know, go back through it, right? And remember just, you know, all the things God's wanting you to do. And I'll try to do the same thing, right? But we both did it because we didn't just share a book. We both have one, right? And, um, but, but, but just if you just take it and go back through, like even your notes, if you just go back through your notes, uh, if you just read back through that one time this week and meditate and pray, um, God's going to take what's done in this space of time and he's going to multiply it in your heart. Whereas if you're just sitting and checking the box and putting in your time and go, the enemy's going to steal most of it away. So you don't have to keep all of these things, but at least go over them a time or two. That's why we do it. So those are available uh, for, for you because I'm not just up here to harp on this or that. Uh, if we're preaching, we're proclaiming. What are we proclaiming? We're proclaiming God's truth. If I'm proclaiming God's truth, I want to teach God's truth. If you're not teaching something, you're not preaching. Okay? All right. So class... Let's get into it, amen? Uh, we're going to talk about knowing God, the importance of knowing God. And then, Lord, help us. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk specifically about some of the uh, characteristics of God and who he is that is revealed in his word. So in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, here's what the Lord says through Jeremiah. This wasn't just to the people of his day who were all messed up. He's talking to you today, too. So, so as we used to say as we used to say, maybe we still, I still say a lot of stuff we used to say. I just keep saying it, right? Things come back in style in the 70s and all we had, everybody had CBs. Younger people here are like, what did they have? Um, yeah, these were like little, uh, like a walkie-talkie. They don't even know what that is. I don't even know where to start. In, 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 it wasn't quite like a phone, but you know, it, you, know you could talk you know, in your vehicle, had an antenna. Um, so anyway, um, we always say, call someone's handle. You know, like old Curtis there, guess what his handle was? I know what his handle was. Groundhog. Hey, he's born on Groundhog's Day. 
Uh, and, and Teresa says there are other similarities. But anyway, um, but, uh, you know, say, how about you, groundhog? You got your ears on? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he'd come back, you know. So, so that's the thing is that God is trying to speak to us. But the question is, you got your ears on. Jesus said it another way. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? But that's just, that's just the Bible way of saying, y'all get your ears on now, right? Okay, so here's what God is saying to them and to us in verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so I want to just kind of lay a little groundwork here. In the weeks ahead, we're going to find out some of God's characteristics, some of God's attributes, and God's design. And since he's the owner, the creator of the whole universe, he can do what he wants with it about the sovereignty of God and the design of God that, you know what? He did create us with an ability to make choices and decisions. And if you decide not to pay attention, just like most of our world is doing, guess what? Life's just not going to work as well. And neither is eternity, okay? Because we were made by him, and we were made for him. You were made for a relationship with God. Without that, your life is never going to click. There's going to be no real rhyme or reason to anything. It's just not going to work as well. When you know him, because this is a sin-cursed world, uh, because we live in it, and he has gone to a lot of trouble to establish this relationship with us and even created this so that we have a real love relationship and not related to him like the animals are and operate on instinct. But where we do have a will, even though God is totally sovereign, we still make choices and love demands that you be able to make a choice. If there's real love, you must be able to have the ability to reject that love. That's what makes love so powerful. God chose to love us. But we didn't choose to love him back. Adam and Eve chose to rebel and wanted to be God over their own life and sinned. But don't just blame them because the Bible says we've all sinned. And that's why God had this plan of redemption to come and to redeem us from ourselves, from our sin. This sin brought a curse upon us and upon this world. And we're talking about the worlds, the heavens and the earth. Even, even the whole universe is messed up by it. It's not exactly the way God originally created because it's been affected by sin. But there's even going to be a redemption of creation. It, Paul refers to that in Romans 8. Different sermon, but it's awesome study how that one of these days when this world and, and heavens and earth are burned up, God's creating a new heavens and a new earth. And it's going to be, it's just, it's just an amazing thing that, that we've got to look forward to. But it all starts with this whole thing of God wants to have a relationship with you. You were made for him. You were made by him. And if our lives are going to have any meaning at all, if there's going to be any fulfillment, if there's going to be any purpose for your existence, there's got to be something big enough to warrant our commitment and our affections. The only thing that fits this qualification is God himself. Not just because of who he is, 
I mean, that's what we hope to get a little more insight into. But here, here's one of, the, one of the points I want to start off with our focus here on this, is that since he is the creator and the owner of everything, and, and you can believe that or not, guess what? Some things are true whether you believe them or not. We live in a world who thinks truth is relative in some areas. But God's truth is transcendent. It transcends the universe. It's true. It's always been true. It always will be true. And since he is who he is, knowing who he is defines who we are. What am I saying? You can't really know yourself until you know your creator. You can't know yourself until you know him. A lot of you out and people out there will be thinking, you know, I just need to find, I'm trying to discover myself. I'm trying to discover who I am. Well, since this is true, you're never going to discover who you are until you discover who he is. It just will not work any other way. We've got people all over the land doing all kinds of things, and they're desperate. Some of it look like they're crazy. But, you know, beneath the craziness and the wackiness that's out there, there are desperate people who are really in search of trying to even find out who they are, and they can't find it. And they're going in all types of ridiculous directions. And they're only finding disappointment and grief and frustration. And guess what? Emptiness. And you'll never find out who you are until you find and know the one who created you. So our life really then is a journey. This is what life is. So many people are just living pointless. You know, and I, I worry about that. I mean, there are people out there in, in the world we live in, in the society we live in, is they seem to have no ambition. And, 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 and I wasn't raised that way in, in my mind. I have a hard time identifying. I know sometimes people get down and they just give up. But there's people out there that they seem to, as long as they can just have a place to live and not get too cold or too hot and have a few clothes to wear and have food to eat and a TV and a smartphone and Internet, they don't want to work. They don't want to do anything. I don't understand that. What's the purpose of your existence it's not going to go on that way forever. You're, I mean, what is it you're looking forward to? Are you thinking ahead? They're not thinking about anything but right here, right now, and just, just being lazy. Um, God has purpose and meaning and fulfillment, and, and, and you never really live until you find life in Him and He's living in you. And one of those songs we're talking about, talking about the life of Christ now living in us. This, now this, is better than anything this world has to offer. You want this. You get a hold of this and he gets a hold of you. It radically changes everything. Redefines all things in life. So the journey as we go through life should be a discovery. You know what? I'm not excited about getting older. You know, this thing's really becoming a reality now. Got to roll up my sleeves here because we may get our hands dirty. I don't know. But... Uh, this is becoming a reality because when you're young, you don't know anything. You know old people. And guess what? People that I know that I consider old now are not the same age as people I considered old a few years back. <laughs> and, uh, uh, wow, you know, uh, it, it is, it, I don't know how this has happened so fast. But it, it causes you to kind of look at life differently. But you begin to think, you know what, I'm over the hill. That doesn't mean you can coast, though. But it means that, that, that you know, the forces are, uh, are working upon you. And, and you could get really down and think, you know, my best days are behind. No, they're not. No, they are not. 
I don't care who you are, what kind of shape you're in, or how old you are. Your best days are ahead. Your best days are because if life is a journey of knowing God better, every day you live, you have the space of that day to have the opportunity to know him and experience him even more, to know him better. And as that happens, your life is more full. So if we do this right, even though the outer person, as Paul said, begins to wither away, the inner person is renewed day by day. And as we know him more and love him more and we have the ability to serve him more and we're closer to the one that created us, guess what? On the inside, life just gets better and better and better and better. And even if you are lying in a bed and can't get up and your days here are drawing to an end, you can still say, my best days are ahead. Now that's the way I want to live and that's the way I'd rather die. But I want to keep living until I do die. There's a lot of people around, it looks like they've already give up on living. I mean, they've died, they've just not had the good grace to just lay down and get buried somewhere. You know, they're still just like zombies walking around. So God is, is wanting, there's so much to this, we'll never exhaust it, not even throughout all eternity. There are going to be new discoveries about the awesomeness of who our God is that we'll continue to be awed by throughout the ceaseless age of eternity. This never gets old. You never get to the bottom of it. That's how, how infinite God is. David said this, he said, and these are some of the verses that we're going to put up there for you. And we, can, we, we have them available to put online as well. Uh, but just follow along. And I know this is a lot, but you can come back and meditate on them. David said in Psalm 139, verse 6, he said, thinking about these things, he said, such knowledge is too high, is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. And there's going to be times that you're going to feel that. Like, you know, this is where we're in awe. David, just like, and, and in seeking to know him, he's just like, it's just so high, it's so awesome. I, I just, you can never get to the bottom of it. Also in Psalm 46.10 said this, God tells us, he says, be still and know that I am God. Know me. You need to be still. Just listen. That's what some of us need to do. We need to dial it down. The, the enemy has got, there's more noise now than ever before. Life's more complicated than ever before. There's more gadgets and more contraptions and more electronics. And there's something beeping and something going, you know, making some kind of crazy noise. There's something to grab our attention everywhere. We need to dial it down. We need to be still. We need to silence the phone. We need to log off some stuff, right? Be still. If you don't, you're never going to know him. The enemy will just keep us so distracted with everything. We intend to get to it, but we never do. Be still. And I want you to know something. You're not going to know till you get still and listen. You're going to know, he says, be still and know that I am God. Boy, that's deep. Here's something else he wants you to know. I will. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Mark it down. Count on it. Uh, you say, well, wait a minute. I see our world ignoring God, our world turning, denying God and, and, and turning their backs on God. The day is coming. He will be exalted. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess. He will be exalted among the nations. Listen, on the earth. yes. Know that. Live with confidence. Don't live in fear. 
There's a lot of confusion out there. We don't have to be a part of that. We can have confidence because of who he is and our relationship with him. He wants us to contemplate all that he is because, guess what? Nothing else matters without him. Without him, it's all pointless. Paul teaches in Romans 1 that even the nature of God, or I mean even, not the nature of God, even nature itself, uh, the earth and, and nature and and, and studying nature and studying the stars and studying the trees and studying all these things, it actually, you can look around and it does show the reality of God, right? You know, it's kind of like nature itself kind of reveals the mag, and we could go into so many things there that, listen, I'm telling you, if you choose to believe that all of this happened by blind chance, it's, you're going to find out it takes more faith to believe that than to believe in Creator God who owns everything and created everything. But even, even nature itself, even as we study science, as Lord Kepler said, science is merely thinking God's thoughts after him. As we make these discoveries, we're just discovering what God did in the first place. And we discover the mass of the earth, how fast the earth rotates, its position from the sun, the size of the sun, the size of the earth. They tilt on the axis. Everything that is to the minute decree necessary for life to exist as it exists. If any of that was any different, life couldn't exist on earth. I mean, and that's just one tiny for instance. Um, but you can learn, you can see, and I hear God, uh, people say this about God a lot, say, well, you know, I, I need, all I need to know about God, I can learn right out here in these woods or here on this creek bank. Well, you can feel some and you can see some, but you're, let, me, let me just tell you, you're not going to learn everything you need to know about God through nature. You can't. But here's what he has done. Yep, that is a witness. It is a witness. But here's what he has done. God has revealed himself to us. We would not know him. He is too high. We cannot attain it. We could never have this knowledge. We could never have any of this unless he reveals it to us. That's revelation. Okay? The only way we have it, are you getting that? Is because he revealed it. God has revealed himself to us in his word, which is illuminated by God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So with his word and his presence, God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to guide us, this is what he's given us so that we can know him. There are a lot of other things around us that are witnesses, but this, by, what am I saying? Here's what I'm saying, is that if you bypass this, and if you don't, quieten your spirit, and listen to God as he guides you, you will not really know God. There is no shortcut. There's no other way. We'll get into that a little bit as we go through this next few weeks. Um, so here's the other thing that we want to notice right up front. If you define God incorrectly, you can't define anything else in life. Since he's the creator and the owner of it all, if you get this wrong, everything else is going to be wrong. Okay? Doesn't that make sense even? Sure it does. Everything emanates from God. You can't make sense of anything at all until you first begin to get a grip on who he is. Get a grip, but it's something that we'll never get to the bottom of. Mm. In Hosea 
chapter 4, verse 6, he tells us this. He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I, also, I will also reject thee. Why are my people destroyed? Because they don't want to know. They have a lack of knowledge. I'm telling you, there's one thing that we have. It means God can use all kinds of things. God can even use pagan kings and all of that. But there's one thing that you and I have that God will not use, and that is our ignorance. God is not going to use or bless our ignorance. We're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Um, we're self-destructing because it's even, and he's talking about his own people. He's not just talking about the world, even his own people. We would relate that today to even in the church that we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I mean, we know a lot of right stuff in our heads, but we don't know it in our hearts. And, and, and people just want fluff and they want all that, but they don't really want to know who God is. We give a lot of attention to tradition and customs and things like this, but we neglect a personal knowledge of knowing God. And that's what this is all about. It's about all of our relationship with God that we have. And he brings us together as his family, as the body of Christ. And through us, he does his work in this earth. But it starts with each one of us having that relationship with him and knowing him. Now, we can't know everything about God. Um, if you think you know everything about God, then... You're probably either really confused or you're maybe dangerous. I don't know. But one reason we cannot know everything about God is, first of all, the limitation of the human mind. Our not minds are very finite. God's infinite and we're finite. That's why people fall into the trap of, if I can't really understand this all and explain it all, I don't want to believe. There are too many things I can't understand. Or, see, that's the thing about it. If you could understand everything about God, if you could contain everything about this God who is uh, supernatural in your natural mind, God would be no bigger than your mind. And you know what? I think that's what some people want because if I could fit all of God in my mind, then that means I could about be equal to him or I could control him. And usually when people are that way, it's kind of like what they really want is a God created in their own image. They want their own personal God that they create in their mind. I'm just going to tell you, any God that I could create in my mind wouldn't be a very big God. <laughs> he wouldn't be a very wise, all-knowing God. How can you contain something in your mind that blows the mind? How can you explain something logically that defies logic? How could you explain something in natural terms that is supernatural? He surpasses all that. So the limitation of the human mind is a big problem. Then there's the sin problem. You understand what the Word of God, the truth of God reveals is that because of sin, our minds are corrupted. We are depraved in our thinking. It limits our capacity for receiving and understanding spiritual truth. And we have that battle. And even once you're saved, we still live in a sin-cursed body. We deal with this sin-cursed mind that gets distracted so easy. And wants to think about stuff it shouldn't, right? So we got that. All of these could be other sermons. So I'm trying to move on through. You need to meditate on some of this later. Then we have a resource problem. And the resource problem is simply this. God hasn't told us everything about himself. He's only told us a little bit. And that, that blows our mind, right? He's only told us a little bit in his word. So as one person said, I feel kind of like the late Art Linkletter. Uh, some of you will remember Art Linkletter. And he had this TV program, you know, with kids and everything. And he asked this uh, little boy, he said, uh, what are you doing? And he said, he was there, he was drawing. He says, I'm drawing a picture of God. Art Linkletter said, 
I didn't think anyone knew what God looks like. And the boy looked up and says, well, duh, I haven't finished drawing him yet, right? <laughs> uh, so we kind of feel at a loss here. But here's what I want to say today, just a couple of things. First of all, life's most important quest. Knowing God is life's most important quest. The most important thing that's really going on in your life. I know we got deadlines. I know we got bills. I know we got things at work. We got all this stuff. But there's really, truth be told, nothing is important for your existence, your life, as knowing God. That's it. That's the top. Of all the things that we feel like matter in our life, to know God through a purposeful study of who he is, is the top. His, a study his nature, his character, his perfections. You know what? That should be our driving force of life. That ought to be what we're passionate about. Once you get to know him a little bit, you don't want just a little bit. It's, it, it, a little dab won't do you. You want more, more, more. Because if your relationship with God isn't driving, a driving force in your life, that you want to just, it's not just that I want to do more for God. I want to I know him more. He's so amazing. He's so awesome. And what I know, it blows my mind. It thrills my soul. It leaves me in awe. And I am driven to want to know him. Somewhat similar to whenever you first like fell in love. And you're, you're smitten by someone. Mystified by them. You want to know them. You want to know them. And if you do this right, I mean, I'm telling you. Clarissa and I have been married for, we're going on 37 years, it's been 36 years, and I'm still mystified by her. I, I totally can't figure her out. I'm saying that in a good way. Don't look concerned for me. I'm not getting in trouble right here, am I? No, no. The thing about it is, 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 is I don't know everything there is to know about her. And, 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 and she doesn't know everything there is to know about her. We, we continue to grow and change, and, and we want to know each other. And that's what makes relationships so intimate and so special, is you want to know each other. You want to know what makes each other tick. You want to know what you think. You want to know what you feel. That's what relationship is all about. And with God, it's on a whole nother level, right? Uh, so why are we studying? What is our purpose of this? So we, to know him better. It's not say, well, I know a whole lot of stuff about God, right? Right? I wore a tie today. You like it? I just feel like tugging on my tie for some reason. I don't know why. I got it. Might as well. I don't know why we wear them. It's like a scarf. But somebody said that was in style. But I found this. It's got a Bible verse on it. I think we bought it like 20-something years ago. It's been hanging in the closet. And so I thought, I'm wearing it today. Um, now back to the message. I just need to give you a break there, right? So what is our purpose of thinking we know God? Not just so we can, yeah. It is so that we may love him more and serve him better. That's the purpose. Uh, as I know him I'm going to love him more. He's going to equip me to serve him better. Now, understand this, that when we're talking about the knowledge of God and knowing God, here's what it is. It's, it's more than just an awareness. Knowing God and the knowledge of God is more than to simply acknowledge that there is a God. That's not what we're talking about. It doesn't say a whole lot about him. When we're talking about God, we mean more than just being aware or acknowledging that he's real and that he exists. 
So we're talking about more than that. We're also talking about more than just gathering info on him, than just learning things in the Bible about God's nature and God's attributes, and so that if somebody asks us, we can rattle them off and all that. It's more than just gathering info. And I want to tell you something else. It's more than just religion. Because religion involves more about what we do. It's more than even just having, watch this, and a religious experience or saying that we feel God. Now, it is valid to have an emotional and religious experience with God. But to know Him involves more than that. And I know people that have some kind of an experience and they want to base their knowledge of God on experience. You can't do that. You have to base your knowledge of God on thus saith the Lord, on the Word of God. That's what you base it on. There are going to be times you're going to feel overwhelmed by Him. There are times you're going to feel like He's millions of miles away. You can't rely on feelings. You don't walk by sight. You don't walk by feelings. It's by faith that what this says is true. And so you can't, this is not about just gathering info. It's not just about being religious and all of that. Knowing him involves more than this. And one of the great tragedies of our day is that you can attend church and you can just, you can be there all the time and really not be super aware of God. You can get information about God you can, you can even feel something. You know, if you have a good worship team or a choir, you can feel God. But you can leave church without ever knowing Him. Without ever knowing Him. Because God is the creator and the owner of the universe. Too many people want to change God into, you see, see, it's all about Him. We're created for Him. Amen? By him, we're created for him. He doesn't, listen. Yes, God's always there for you. He's there for me. But he doesn't exist solely for me. I exist for him. To too many people, God is like some cosmic genie in a bottle. He's some force out there. When I need something, I say the right words in Jesus' name, and he's just supposed to do it. They only, they only feel a need for God whenever they can't just do something themselves, right? It's come down to that, right? I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to ask God for help, right? It's amazing how sometimes I just, you know, what is it going to take to get our attention? We have people fussing about people praying on a football field, and all of a sudden we watch a, a tragic scene that we feel like it's unfolding, and everybody's praying, and everybody's like, everybody, everybody, please pray. You know, it's amazing how fast we turn, isn't it? Some of these people are so confidently, I don't believe in God or anything, and then it doesn't take a lot before they're down on their knees, you know, God, if you're there, please help, right? It would be better to already know God and have a relationship and be talking to him all the time when something happens. Amen. You don't have to look up his number. He's got your number. You need to have his. And that's a neat thing as we find out with this relationship with God and knowing God that we have direct access to the throne room of the universe. A relationship with God like that. And I think it was awesome that so many people were praying. I think it was powerful. But when life gets easy and everything's going good, it's amazing how fast people turn back the other way, right? Um, it's just powerful. 
We want to live every day in the knowledge of him. So God isn't just some cosmic force out there. Some people, they want God to be like a genie in the bottle that when we get in a tough spot, we can call on you and you show up. Otherwise, just stay out of our way and let's do our own thing, right? Call our own shots and figure out what we think's right for us, right? They, you know, they don't really want a relationship with God. Then there's others who God is just some mystical force out there and they want to tap into force. It's kind of like, kind of like Star Wars and Luke used the force, right? You know, or they, want to, they just want to have some spooky, dooky, mystical uh, experience with this God and, and now I know stuff that no one else knows and they really don't know nothing. You see, you know, they haven't based it on the word of God and there's people, they're, they're mystics, spiritualists. That's different. God has revealed himself through his word, illuminated by his spirit. And some of these people out there that have so many opinions about God because of what they feel or these experiences they had. <clears throat> I, think, I think the Hebrew direct translation is this. They don't know diddly squat about God. I want to know him. And he's written to us and given us his word so that we can know him. And he, did, he even went a step further than that. I want to just sit down on this. Can I do that? Because I think you know more than what a lot of people do. But I want to just kind of get into this. Um, sometimes, yeah, I do feel like I've got to do too much while we're right here, while we've got this opportunity. But I'm just going to trust you that you're going to let God keep speaking and keep working. And you're going to keep seeking him during the week. And you're going to get in the word during the week. And this is the whole reason why we gather together is to equip the saints. We have fellowship. We, we, we can minister. And we can help make disciples. And we can evangelize better because we all have different callings and gifts and things like that. But one of the things is equipping the saints. And this is one reason why we have Bible studies. Why we still have Sunday school. Why we'll have studies coming up on Wednesday nights and then on Sunday nights and different times. And small groups and large groups and everything to give us opportunities so that that we can know God. We've got all of this available. In some countries, they would love to have this opportunity, and they don't have it. We've got so much truth available. We have so many opportunities available, and we do so little with it. It's like everything else is more interesting to us than the God who holds the universe together. He didn't just create it. He holds it together. It's another one of the things we might see about God. He didn't just create it. He, it's in him it consists, and he holds it everything together. This is one reason why we do what we do. This is, this is part of my responsibility as a pastor, teacher, shepherd, is to help equip the saints so that we know God more and more and more, and it becomes more about him than about us. Because let's be honest, too many times and in too many of our churches today, people are gathered, and it's more about them and what they want and what they like and how they want to relate to God instead of letting God just speak to them and relate to them how he chooses. And, and, and really getting in his word and finding out the truth about him, whether it's comfortable or whether it's easy. There are a lot of fun, exciting you know, sermons I would like to preach and make everybody feel better about themselves and all that. But I'm telling you, as we get into this, there's going to be times that I feel like, I, you know, I don't feel like I need to be the one up here preaching. I feel like I don't even, I, not just leave, that I need to crawl under every chair to get out of here, you know? Because the word of God comes in. Because God isn't just here to say, I'm okay, you're okay. No, he's going to speak the truth, the truth about himself, but then he reveals the truth about us. And there's some bad things about me that I need to see if I'm going to get well and if I'm going to grow and if I'm going to be healthy and vibrant and productive and fulfill the purpose that he has for me. And that's when life 
I mean, that's the sweet spot right there of life. I want to get there. So he's revealed himself to, to us through his word, but he's gone further than that. Remember I said that a while ago? You thought I forgot about it and chased a rabbit. No, I did it on purpose. He's gone further than that. He actually showed up on planet Earth in the flesh through his son. God the Son became flesh and dwelt among us. Can I throw some verses at you? We can only know him and enter into relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus said this, Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. So anybody talking about knowing God, if they bypass Christ, you can't know God. That's what Jesus just said. Matthew eleven twenty seven. First 1 Corinthians 2, 2, Paul says, I've determined not to know anything among you except this, Jesus and him crucified. Jesus and him dying on the cross to cover my sins. That's all that matters. 2 Peter 1, 3. He says, his divine power the same divine power that created the universe, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So everything I need to live and everything that I actually need to become godly, to live the way God designed for me to live. His divine power is granted, a grant, that's a gift. He paid the cost for it. He's granting it, amen? You don't earn it. Why would you try to earn it when he's granted it? That pertain to life and godliness through what? Are you getting this? All right, let's start over again. 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has granted to us all things. Did you catch that part? All things. Not just a few necessities. All things that pertain to life. How are you going to live? And godliness. How to be godly. How's he doing this? Through the knowledge of him. Tell me again that it's not that important that you know him. Because he says that his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. He's not just trying to make you and me the best me or you we can be. He's calling us to his own glory and his own excellence. That's way more than anything I could ever be. And he's inviting me into himself to, to be a part of this. This is what's so powerful. And this is what's so awesome. In 1 John 5 verse 20 says, And we know. Boy, go through John and just count all the times that he says, Here's what we know. You should know this. And we know that the Son of God has come. You can only know Him through Jesus. Why has He come? He's come and has given us understanding. With knowledge comes understanding. So that we what? Are you tying this together with me? Went to a lot of work for this. Because this is the Word of God. This is what He tells us. The Son of God has come. He's given us understanding, the ability to understand, so that we may know Him. Know Him. Knowing God. Knowing Him in a relationship that we may know Him who is true. 
And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the who? Jesus. The Greek grammar is emphatic here. He's talking about Jesus. He is the true God. He is eternal life. And if you're following along on the notes, put a pin in it, and we'll come back to it next week because I didn't get done. There's more. But let's stop right there and let's bow our heads.